Today is our anniversary, people. Welcome. Thank you for celebrating with us. We asked you guys to send in some questions that you want answered. So we are going to be answering eight questions for eight years of holy matrimony. Let's go. It's also her birthday. She turns 32. So we are celebrating all around. This is going to be a fun one. It will also provide some gems. Thanks for celebrating with us, people. It's a special day. Welcome to Blended. I am your host, Jeremiah Wallace, and my goal is to see blended families thriving. If you are navigating this experience, then you're in the right place. This podcast is purposed to provide support, information, and the encouragement that we need to fulfill our family's potential. Hello, Blenders. It is a special occasion. It is. Today is both our eight-year anniversary as well as Margot's birthday. Happy birthday, babe. Thank you. Happy anniversary. Anniversary. It's a real thing. And you know what? It's a great decision as far as (laughs) getting married on the birthday. It's a lot of pressure, though. You missed this one. Not for you, it's not it's a lot a, of pressure. It's a decent amount of pressure. It, it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be. However, there is a, there tends to be pressure, for sure. From I've, the world. From the world? <laughs> not okay. from me. Okay. Not, not directly. <laughs> However, if I do mess up, as far as you know, not being intentional, it, there can be problems. True. There can be resentment. Um, but it's a special occasion. Like We are celebrating uh, our relationship, our marriage. and. Yes. For some reason, eight years is hitting different. It feels really special. Not that the last seven celebrations did not. But I love you. I love you too. Happy birthday. Thank you. It's a good day. I want to kiss you, but I feel like it'd be weird to hear that on the podcast. Wait, I mean, even if we smacked our lips, it would sound like we kiss. <laughs> so it's not even. It's, it's all good. Okay. So as was mentioned in the last episode, we are fielding eight questions, one for each of our years of holy matrimony. Um, It's going to be fun. We had some people share some of their uh, both questions as well as some things that they wanted to know about. We had to probe a little bit because you guys didn't get on and message Jeremiah the questions. Not as as much as should have happened. Okay, (laughs) guys, don't be shy. This is a community effort, but we, uh, upon probing, we got some questions that we're going to fill today. So it's going to be a lot of fun, yeah. um, some good information, and we're going to try and keep this in a, def- a decent time frame. Because we want to hang out with each other. Because we want to. Because today's celebrate. our actual anniversary. It's a real thing, guys. <laughs> okay, so we are going to start with question number one. <laughs> this, we were starting off strong, apparently. <laughs> Um, who needs the most attention, Margot or Jeremiah? That's a tough one. That's a doozy. I think we both need <laughs> attention. I voice it much more, for sure. You do. You absolutely, you are more vocal about your need for attention. I'm more vocal about a lot of things. <laughs> yes. Yes, essentially. But it's, you know, we've gotten to a point in our relationship where it's really cute. Where she has minor tantrums when she hasn't been given <laughs> adequate attention, it's kind of a, it's kind of like a, a cute little fit, um, and it's cute until it's not. <laughs> so, yeah, you better recognize that it's 
cry for attention. It literally. is. It is a. It's a cry <laughs> for attention. Um, even if she had very recently received attention. And I will say, I need or I want attention right now. I don't sugar. I don't like. Go around it. There's no guessing. There's no guessing. It's very straight to the point. <laughs> and that's great. It's a really good, it's a healthy place to be where when you can express the need for attention. Me, I do need, I do need attention. I do need. You do. Yes. Um, but sometimes I fall back into the recognize what I'm doing, my efforts, and then this should mm-hmm. kind of naturally transpire. And so it's. So basically, he wants the attention, but he's not going to voice it until it's too late. Not all the time. <laughs> not all the time. I've gotten much better. Yes, you have. So much better. However, you know, there's the... the. It's funny because you also, it's hard for you to accept, like, reward or attention or praise. So that's funny. Yeah, it's a weird space. Yeah, I know. Eight years of it. Got it. Eight years of it. Got it. Wow. <laughs> we started off with the hard one. So who needs the most attention? I'd say... It's me. It's tough. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Wait to hesitate. It's definitely Margot. Yeah. It's very life-giving, my attention. It is. You know, I feel like, yeah, I said me, but at the same time... The it con- depends. The consequences can be harsher if I don't get my <laughs> attention after a prolonged period yeah, of time. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, the consequences being a potential fit. And then our children are in danger because it's just like this man has not been fulfilled. <laughs> All right, let's move on. All right. <laughs> moving on. Um, so, second question. You can go ahead and ask that one, babe. How do you discipline the kids slash each other's kids so we did get the question about both whether it's our kids and obviously when referring to each other's kids it's the supposition essentially that the family has been blended Mm -hmm. and both parties came in with children i have a a, a issue with when someone says my you know husband's kids or you know vice versa i when you are blended and you are married the your other your spouse's kids become your kids so when you reference it for me at least Mm -hmm. i it bothers me to an extent i understand it but it bothers me when someone says like my husband's kids it's like those are your kids too yeah when it gets to that place that's when it's worrisome i feel early on in your relationship it's really important that each parent assists the other person in understanding the child or the children, like their temperament. Um, what are the things that are frustrating for them? What type of reward system do they prefer and things of that nature just to have a good handle of your child and then to kind of slowly invite another person into the process of both relationship and discipline so upon doing that it makes it easier it's less abrupt but it's almost like something where it's a constant leveling up like you're taking more steps in this area of of discipline it's not like all of a sudden you're in a relationship and the adult figures 
regardless of who they are, how long they've been around, they have the right to, you know, discipline and whatnot. It just can't be the case. It's not the most yeah. functional approach. So just like doing this in levels. Yeah. So we did that with um, Jeremiah and myself when it was just us three, me, Linnea and Jeremiah, when um, I slowly started introducing Jeremiah into Linnea's life as an authority figure. And it, again, it wasn't abrupt. But to her, it might have felt a little bit that way. She was eating a bag of chips, asked me to have some more. I told her she could have a couple more or she can have some more. And then she kept eating them. I lost track of it. And then Jeremiah noticed and said, all right, Linnea, one more chip and then you're done. And this girl must have whipped her head back so hard at me. Like, did you hear this? Did you hear this guy telling me what to do? And I said, you heard Jeremiah. That's one more then that's it. And I think in that moment, she realized things have changed. <laughs> <laughs> things are different. <laughs> things are different. Um, but that, as Margo mentioned, that happened in that was during dating. And that was during our dating during season dating. when we got serious. When it was, well, it's always been serious. Yeah. But when it was, we knew that the next step was marriage. And this is after a lot of hanging around, hanging out, spending mm-hmm. time together, spending time with the three of us, Linnea, among other people as well. So this is a trust that was earned um, first with Margot and and then, you know, it's a trust that was also being earned with Linnea. Um, yeah. But one other thing I will say about when it comes to discipline, it's important to um, to frame it correctly or have a proper understanding of it. Discipline essentially is correction, but correction toward what? Hmm. Um, a lot of people, when they discipline their children, they do it for themselves. And I am guilty of this as well. And what I mean by that is I will correct behavior for the sake of my peace because it's just annoying. I'm not really concerned with the interest of the child, but it's important for us to correct towards something. So Margo and I talk a lot about our children, what we want for them, what we want for our family. Um, and with that in mind, we correct accordingly. We understand how our kids are operating, what they need, and our correction pushes them toward that outcome. But if they're, if we don't have an outcome in mind, then we're essentially, we can be causing more harm as we're trying to discipline, even if our intention is to do right by our children and our family. Yeah, that's really good. That's a good point. Yeah. So um, I think that for every family, it is going to be different, but allowing the allowing each other to speak into how it's done you know i had a certain way that i would discipline Lene before jeremiah and i got married and that changed after we got married um because i never had a healthy co-parenting situation and i did now and then um and talking to the kid letting them know what kind of influence and the authority that 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 person has because that whole their child, like my husband's child or my wife's child, creates an us versus them mentality, mm-hmm. and we want to steer clear from that because that is not a blend. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. So uh, I, I, we suggest a lot of conversations, a lot mm-hmm. of referencing the, what the outcome, what we want it to be after a moment of conflict mm-hmm. or discipline and whatnot coming together, even if it was done well, um, really kind of doing the replay, doing the play by play, how that went, how we believe the it affected the child, how it moved them toward either 
the best outcome or it could have been a moment of discouragement just like coming back and having like a little huddle between the two of you as partners as a support system and then being like okay we got clarity this is from your perspective this is from my perspective okay break yeah because we don't always agree yeah. on everything that's probably one of the things that over the last eight years that we've disagreed on the most is how we discipline our kids together yeah it's a really intimate thing um but being on the same page to the very best of our ability has made all the difference yeah so very important all right moving on to the third question and we're staying in the same vein of communication apparently but communicating with the other parent meaning the ex yeah so um for it's changed over the years for us but i remember um, when we first got together and I was having a conversation um, with the other parent and they were extremely disrespectful. They were on speakerphone. You were in the room with me and they were extremely disrespectful. Call me out of my name. And you basically was were like, hold up. You're not about to talk to my fiance that way. And you stood up for me. And it was, I've, I had, I haven't had that. You know, and you um, ensured that I was protected in that time, in that place, and I never was spoken to again like that since then. And that was over eight years ago. Mm-hmm. And so um, communication had shifted. It became a little bit easier to co-parent, and now you do most of the talking. Yeah, with him. And I don't. Yeah. It is something that's evolved mm-hmm. over the years. And what's allowed us to get to a place where things are functional. Um, and this is not always the outcome based on regardless of what our, our efforts may have been. There are some situations where it's just going to be contentious because mm-hmm. the person, the ex, potentially just like wants that. However, we can't approach it with that conclusion in mind or that being our conviction that this person is unreasonable Mm. this is an insane individual and there will always be problems because if we think of it that way then we will see the problem in everything we'll approach it a certain way opposed to using a certain respectful uh, tone and clear termage we may (laughs) sacrifice those things just a bit because we're just convinced that this is a nonsensical human being that we can't do relationship with. However, our approach has been respect, despite how difficult that's been. Um, There have been lots of moments and many difficult and unreasonable situations, but because our heart has been respect for the sake of the child first and foremost, as well as you know, even with my brother, we're at a point where we have a functional parental relationship that's because, again focused yeah. on the now. Because it really is about the kids. Yeah. Like, if you have this, if you allow this individual to influence how you feel, then they ju- they have just that influence over how you feel and how yeah. you make decisions. And this person is no longer in your life for a reason. So releasing them from any power they yeah. have over the decisions you make, uh, including, you know, for our situation, it's a little, it's unique because we have two different situations, but how we, I mean, how we talk about those people will also change how we 
communicate with them. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So yeah, it's a it's a difficult and it's a tricky thing, especially when there is a lot of history. This is why being single for a while, and I feel like, and this might not sound super pleasant, but a lot of people end up in marital relationships and in a blended family when in fact it was kind of just a rebound this was just mm-hmm. like something that followed up immediately after a really crazy situation divorce whatever and there was no hardly any reflect reflection growth and there was still tension in that former relationship that hadn't been kind of like worked through um, even for our exes you know who are can be again potentially unreasonable uh, it's respectful when there is a period of time where we're not in a relationship with another person um and it's not for their it's sake it's really good for you it's it's primarily for the sake of the child and our sake but it's also a sign of respect to a degree to the you know serious relationship that we were in formerly especially if you create a human i mean you know that time having that time allows for communication to to move in a, a healthier direction because you're in a more you're in a healthier place and therefore you're in a healthier relationship as a result as this pertains to our marriage we i mean it was not always easy to to do this together there was moments where it got really hard um, mm-hmm. between jeremiah and myself because there was another person involved that we had to communicate with and that he had to see and that I had to see. And mm-hmm. so that was difficult in our marriage. But today, I would say it's night and day difference. Yeah, Margot, because I would have trouble with it for you know a lot of reasons. Margot would say, I hate that he's still or he has power or influence in our relationship or in our home and whatnot. I can't remember the last time you said that, which mm-hmm. is amazing. You know, that's like it's potentially a couple years um which is a an awesome sign of uh the progress that has happened but there is difficulty and it's it's worth pushing through not ignoring but pushing through together um so coming in the ring on the same side in each other's corner opposed to coming in the ring to beat on each other because of the pressures that exist outside of our relationship yeah i forgot about that the point is being in all that is just to stay steady and understand that there is hurt um, and frustration and then when I'm upset about it I'm not upset I wasn't upset at Jeremiah I was upset at the situation too so understanding that we're both on the same page yeah definitely all right number four all right number four how do you navigate the random negative thoughts and feelings that pop up out of nowhere I'm assuming this is within the blended family or just in marriage as a whole. Yeah, I think this could exist um, in relationship. You know, <laughs> there's a lot of relationships happening when you mm-hmm. have a family, especially when it's blended. So there there tends to be a lot of popping up. Uh, <laughs> how do you navigate that? Um, for me, I take it back to the truth. Typically, I try to doesn't always happen this way. But um, I will try to capture that thought and take it back to the truth, compare it to um, to God's word and 
um, go talk to you about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, for example, it doesn't really happen much for me, at least today, when it comes to negative thoughts about our blended family. It does occur with, um, has lately more so than before, um, with our, with Samaya, our nine-year-old, um, because the situation's just so different. I'm more like a stepmom in the situation, and I've never had to be or I've never been the step parent. So navigating that for the first time and realizing I was really, I was mad about how things happened with her. Uh, not mad at her, mad at her parents because she didn't deserve it. So mm-hmm. dealing with that stuff and then dealing with the fact that I get the not so nice things. The short end of the stick. The short end of the stick. Mm-hmm. And so for me, how did I navigate it or how do I navigate it? I typically will just be honest and vulnerable and talk to you about it yeah. because you've been there. You've done it for many years and you know how to, how to combat it. And it, I just can pull from that from you. Yeah. Um, for me, t- talking about it is it's, it's difficult because a lot of times when negative thoughts and feelings pop up, they're not legitimate. They're not real. And I fully understand that. So I don't want to give life to those thoughts and ideas and feelings because, you know, there are some terrible things that can pop in our head (laughs) sometimes. And if we just walk around expressing anything and everything that comes up, then I'd likely be doing more harm than good. However, it's good to feel I have a safe place, especially with my wife, to express myself and to share things that are kind of weighing me down a bit. But I think it's it's important for us to get to know ourselves personally so that we kind of understand how we come to some of those negative thoughts and feelings. Because it's oftentimes like we're in a certain place, whether mentally or spiritually and then we're kind of all of a sudden pointing the finger elsewhere we're seeing all these problems i know when i look at myself and i i'm down on me i'm frustrated with me i tend to recognize the obstacles and the frustrations that are present in my environment yeah and it's it's good to like you mentioned know yourself and then also be able to give each other the benefit of the doubt. At least that's what I've appreciated in our marriage and relationship is when I do have crazy thoughts, because I do sometimes, um, I can go to you and say, this is how I feel about a situation. I'm not saying it's the truth, but even if I were to, you can you would give me the yeah. benefit of the doubt and we could talk through that. And so feelings are not truth. Yeah. So um, you can't. It's hard not to, but you can't just establish, or sorry. Determine. Thank you, determine. You can't determine the truth based off of feelings. Yeah. Because it's just not real. Or random thought that just pops in your head. You just really can't. And this is something that I struggled with. uh, I feel we struggled with early in our relationship, and I feel like it's a normal thing. Or so I am. When, (laughs) When our partner, the person that we love, that we want to see as perfect, that we... Um, want them to see us as perfect when there is a negative thought or feeling it's almost like world crushing and it's just like dang things are going so bad these days it's like oh you had a negative thought well 
you'll be over in five minutes, dude. <laughs> you know, it's not it's not like none of the thoughts and feelings are legitimate, but we don't give those passing um, thoughts and feelings all the power in the world. They, it's just not the truth because we have an understanding of a different truth that we operate from. Um, and and the, the support system here is really solid. Yeah. And I will say that gratitude is something that combats negative thoughts and feelings. Mm-hmm. So I know that's, you know, oh, gratitude, be grateful. But legit, <laughs> when you look around and you're doing more celebrating and enjoying and appreciating than otherwise, then there's not a lot of emphasis placed on the negative, the potential negatives that are functioning in your life. Because if you look for the negative, you will find it. You will Period. find it. And if you uh, kind of speak into the positive, then you'll create that. You'll produce more of it, mm-hmm. not just in your, your thoughts, but your feelings, your emotions, and your environment will change as a result. Yeah. Sweet. Uh, number five. That is how do you deal with the realization that you'll never have a just us season with your partner that's a big one um it is we were were in that situation yeah absolutely so if you are you know coming into a blended family although there may be a custody situation where um maybe it's literally just over the summer that you have the kids maybe it's a bi-weekly thing or maybe it's 50 50 regardless of what it consists of if you're in a blended family there is no like just us like Mm -hmm. all we know is the relationship that exists between the two of us and we experience this as well did you want to speak on that at all yeah i can um, i can start i we when we first got together we realize (laughs) wait it's never going to be just you know you and i Mm -hmm. it's never going to be and then back then we were doing 50 50 and so there was and we had no other kids back then it was just linnea (laughs) Mm -hmm. and then every other weekend it would just be us and it was a little weird sometimes you know to not have her there um but it was also really nice too because we were in a one bedroom yeah. apartment so <laughs> we took advantage of that time sure. great <laughs> advantage great advantage not with it um, but now that there's more kids involved <laughs> there is i think this is part of life but they're not going to always be with us so yeah. from in my mind when i think about it it is the reason why we focus on our marriage first and yeah. not the kids yeah, primarily for sure um, so because one day they're not going to be in the home and it is just going to be you and I and we have to be able to like each other and love each other without the kids around. Yeah. So definitely. And when you like when we think about the idea of it ne- never being us like there's no ex, there's no mm-hmm. blah blah blah, we're just eliminating these other factors and I feel like yeah, I I experienced that mourning process to a degree, mm. but I feel like it has to be brief because if I'm being honest, and this can be an even more difficult thing to accept, but if Margot does not have a child, if she does not experience that tumultuous relationship and she doesn't come to a place of maturity um, that she had in response to those things, then we likely wouldn't be together. You wouldn't. 
like the, the, the almost 100% chance. And that can be a shot to the ego. It's like, dang, well, I wouldn't be good enough if it was just <laughs> absent of these other things. But, you know, we can go down that rabbit hole and that cycle. But it is it's not worth it because what's happening right now presently, despite its challenges, is a really good thing. Um, and it's an acknowledgement of the purpose. So if we if we're mourning again, the fact that it was never just us, we are taking our eyes off of the purpose of our marriage and relationship and family and what it is and what it can be. And we're placing our attention on what's essentially just these kind of these selfish hurts that mm. we that we kind of have to abandon in order to be entirely invested in what's happening right now. So if we're thinking every other day, like, man, it stinks that my wife has an ex or uh, they created another human who is officially my child as a result of whether marriage or relationship. It's just it, there's never a good outcome when that thinking is present. Is it appropriate to kind of mourn the fact that there will never be a just us type ordeal? Yes, that's that is fair. Just like I mourn. The fact that I'll, I won't be 6'3", you know, that's <laughs> oh. still a dream. Okay. Let, <laughs> let me <laughs> chime in really fast, too. Um, if you were 6'3", you probably wouldn't be together. Um, <laughs> but I'll say this, that it is important because not everyone is strong in in themselves. So if you are constantly bringing up the fact that you're upset that they had a kid before you. First of all, you probably weren't around. Um, so that's not a fair statement. Uh, and secondly, um, it would it really hurts the child and the parent um, when those things are mentioned over and over if there's if they don't if they're not strong enough to say, no, we are good for you and um, you're blessed to have us both. And that's something mm-hmm. I had to do um, when that did get brought up was like, nope, were the biggest blessing and i had to believe that for myself because it was not easy to believe yeah. in fact and um, when you're a single parent typically you think nobody wants you um because you have this baggage and it's not just you it's you and another person or you and a couple other people and so it, when you get into that relationship and then that person is pointing out all the things that you've thought the whole time it can really harm the relationship between yeah. you and that person and then you and that child and that is actually gigantic mm-hmm. um and it's created uh, it, it is affirmed the truth in our relationship and it's gotten us here but again margo is saying like putting your feet down and standing strong in the fact that you're a blessing despite yeah. the baggage despite the the trouble and the you know the way that it may affect our marriage relationship yeah it's a blessing it's the best thing um and i didn't always make that easy i really did <laughs> no. i would push the buttons and you know it, it and it sucks that in my selfishness my immaturity and in my struggle i'd lash out in that capacity and it wouldn't be like the most abusive terms and things of that nature, but just like insinuations or comments in passing or whatever that are just not affirming and can be harmful. And if she was someone to just accept those things, oh, well, I'm so sorry that 
you know, and just constantly just took those shots and whatnot, then it, I, the truth that we stand on now, as far as our relationship and our family, uh, would not exist. Yeah, it'd be something else entirely, a much less functional and a lot less healthy. And when this happens, it can create an abusive uh, and a manipulative, manipulative, yeah, um, environment and relationship. And a lot of people end up in that in that situation. Where they're mm-hmm. bringing up the ex, you did this, blah, blah, blah. And holding it over their heads. Holding it over their heads. And it just becomes, it can be really, really nasty. A lot of people exist in that environment. So, as Margo mentioned, um, if you have a child, you're coming into a relationship, stand firm in the blessing that you are. And that's a way of protecting your child, yourself, and any pro- prospect of a relationship with this person. Yeah. It's good stuff, babe. That is really good. Um, so, nope, you might not have just us right now. Uh, eventually, maybe you will. But the beauty of it is it's not just you guys. Yeah. You get to create a life together. Absolutely. And then escape as much as you can on dates. Yes. It feels like just us. We're we're essentially in an Airbnb situation right now. It feels like just us for the, <laughs> for the next few hours. It's amazing. Um, that's a perfect segue into number six. Which is, how do you date in your marriage? Yeah. Um, so for us, I mean, we just create uh, opportunities to to spend time together. Again, we're each other's favorite. Uh, we come first in our family as far as our, our marriage. Yeah. And we really like each other. And we like each other because we have created or cultivated a relationship of love, attention, affection. And we've been real, we've been real, you know, um, and it again serves us as well as our, our kids, our family directly. Yeah, we've picked each other's noses. We, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this, what was it last night? I was making a drink, um, I had ice cubes in my in my cup, and then this woman just walks over. Puts her full on hand <laughs> in my in, in my in my drink to grab some ice cubes. I'm like, woman, right behind us. There's a fridge that produces these, but uh, but honestly, just functioning as as one. That the fact that when we get married, we become one, and just making sure that remains intact. So, so having fun dates, trying new things together, we. Went skydiving yesterday, so that was really, that was, was a, really dope. That was great. It's awesome, super fun, and just like making sure it, because of the opportunity to create memories, to get to know each other mm-hmm. more, to continue to learn your spouse um, is super important, and it's fun. It's a it's a great thing. It yeah. is so. Like I know for men. <laughs> It can be a good amount of pressure to create a solid evening, but it's it's simple. Just hit up Groupon. <laughs> and go. take turns. And take turns. The guy, yeah. like the men don't always have to plan. We usually go back and forth. Um, so we try to go at least once a month. It's been a little bit difficult to do that, but at least once mm-hmm. a month. And so. Um, two, as of late, it's been challenging, but preferably about two or three weeks. Um, going on a date. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but either way, it goes back and forth. Like, if Jeremiah's going to plan one, then I'll plan the next one. Mm-hmm. And we'll do fun random things, paint nights, ceramic mm-hmm. stuff, 
there's um like what is it the paint on your body i don't know what it was splash paint um dinner just going in and out like, yeah just hanging out keeping it simple uh, trying some new things uh relieving some of the pressure but like just being together and, and just having fun laughing yeah making fun of people together and not having the most productive conversations (laughs) as far as planning and you know dreaming thing dreaming can happen yeah but we want to keep it want to keep it simple want to keep it light um get back to enjoying one another and don't call the kids don't you call the kids uh, don't you call call the parents babysitters whatever just hang out everyone will survive or they won't whatever but did you die? <laughs> but did you die? <laughs> awesome. Um, and let's go to how do you establish titles that the kids would give the adults? This is the questions are kind of all over the place, but you know, eight questions. Yes. Okay, this is number seven, guys. <laughs> yes. Um, so establishing titles, what the kids will essentially call the um, the adults' parental figures, and I think the adults. To call the children because it's different for everybody. Yeah. Um, you want to talk about the Linnea? Yeah. It was with you? Yeah, for sure. So for us, it's it was really important to get ahead of all these things. And we know that titles, with titles comes some form of responsibility. Like you're going to think of an unt- un- uncle or aunt different than you think of mom and dad. You are going to think of uh, an someone that is in the military different than somebody who is a a nurse or that functions in a hospital with uh, titles comes just an understanding of a way in which they operate. So having titles is actually an important thing because it establishes relationship and expectations. So when we were engaged, I believe um, one day we were just hanging out at the park the setting was was perfect and it was intentional uh, but i'm sure margo and i spoke about it but just gonna approach linnea she was four at the time uh, five years old had mm-hmm. just turned five and ask her what she prefers to call call me and i threw out some things i threw out papa i threw out you know my first name jeremiah and i threw out some other things that may have been like fun or you know things of that nature but um just gave it to her and she decided on papa and she's been calling me that for the last eight eight or so years and it's because that relationship was established obviously it'd be a little difficult more difficult if she were older for her to land on papa specifically but that's not what it's about it's about empowering the children to recognize us as one thing or another and then for us to our relationship to to kind of build from there yeah it's because we were having a conversation because we were about to get married so we let her know that means that you know jeremiah is going to be your stepdad and explain what that meant and um and then it was organic it wasn't like so what do you want to call me it was i think she actually asked and then we said well whatever what do you want to call um him and then we gave her some options and then after we got married we were at subway and you were in the bathroom, and then you were coming out, and then Linnea said, um, "Hi, hi, Jeremiah. I mean, Dad. I mean, Papa." And it was this the cute stepdad. I mean, Papa. Mm-hmm. And she just went through this whole list, and and then you said you can call me whatever you want to call me, and just reminded her again, and she still calls you Papa today. Yeah. Um, and then I wanted to talk about um, 
our daughter, our niece, Sammy. Yeah. Um, I Sammy calls you Papa, mm-hmm. and she calls me Auntie Margot. I cannot, however, call her my niece. She would be very upset at me. Mm-hmm. I would. I have to because she. I mean, and fair enough. She's my daughter. Yeah. So I say she's my daughter in public, and then when it's just really funny, she tells people. This is mom, but then she calls me Auntie Margo, and it really throws people off. At first, it um, didn't bother me. Then it bothered me, and now I'm in this like interesting. I don't really care what it is that yeah. she calls me because there's a level of respect there, yeah. and um, I think it's really cute that she doesn't like me to call her niece, even though she calls me aunt. I think it's sweet, and it also is has a lot to do with the dynamic that she had with yeah. her biological mom. Yeah. And those dynamics are important to consider. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, and not to be offended as a result of whatever that dynamic consists of, because I am, am I less Papa when our oldest, her dad is present? Uh, You know, in the past, I'd say probably. Yeah. Because Mm -hmm. that wasn't something that was condoned or celebrated as far as uh, having another male figure. Um, and sometimes it would hurt, you know, but it's important for me to not adopt this offense because of this little person who is still fairly recent to the world and trying to understand these what's happening in her life. Like it's it's hard. It's confusing. Um, and it's really important that we don't lean on our children to affirm our roles. Like yeah. we step into them and we operate in those roles regardless of their response. It's not contingent on how much our children are receiving or how they're responding as a result of receiving our our service, our love, our affection. So and when it comes to giving, having titles for children, again, it's just it's really important that you protect your children coming into relationships and you continue to make them the priority. And ask them again, just communicate with them if they're old enough, you know. And establish between you and your spouse, too, what that can look like or should look like and talk to your kids about it. Um, It is, again, maybe this is just me. I don't like to be introduced to a blended family and someone says, this is my husband's kids or this is my wife's kids and these are my kids. That breaks my heart every time I hear it because you guys are a family. Yeah. As one. And it doesn't matter what the dynamic is, Mm -hmm. your family. And so... Um, owning that because again it, you don't want to create the us versus them yeah so establishing that looks like doing it together yeah and you don't want to be super ignorant or pretend that some of those uh relational conflicts don't exist mm-hmm. and some gaps because we refer to all of our girls as sisters despite that there there's some half siblings and niece situation in there, cousin. but we were a cousin. Uh, but we we recognize them as sisters, so when we're referring to the other, that's your sister. But is it is it actually like your cousin? For sure. But the heart the heart of mm-hmm. what we're achieving in our home and the heart of our home is we are a unit. Not everybody has my last name, but are we a, the Wallace household? One hundred percent. So just to be to move forward in unison and uh, for that to be clear, first and foremost, between Margot and I, yeah. what we're doing, what we want to what we want to achieve. It just made me think about when um, a little bit after we got married, Linnea said that she wanted to 
add Wallace to her last name. Granted, she already has two <laughs> last names, and she wanted to add Wallace, and she was so sincere about it. And we let her know, like, that's not a good idea, but you are a Wallace. That doesn't yeah. change anything just because it's not written on your last name. And then I jokingly told her, just marry somebody with the last name Wallace when <laughs> 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 you get married. <laughs> that's funny. Um, but anyhow, you want to ask the last question, number yeah. eight? Number eight. Lastly, uh, how do you make it feel like family? That's a good one. Blenders. Ah, the blenders. Um, how do you make it feel like family? I think that you first consider it family, and then you operate accordingly. <laughs> I think that's keep it. Keep it simple. Keep it simple. And you guys are a family. Yeah, and again, there's a lot of there are a lot of things to consider. There are a lot of obstacles. There are issues with the ex. There are behavioral issues from the children. There are insecurities that we face personally whatever guess what those things uh it may exist to a degree in the traditional family it will yeah it will exist regardless yeah you know it's just getting on the same page with your spouse and then establishing and how you talk sorry how you talk about things that matters it absolutely does matter knowing uh, coming into agreement that this is a family unit um, despite custody arrangements and again, whatever is happening outside of your home, whatever's happening inside of your home, this is a family. And then with that heart, what you do is you create culture within your home that reflects what you believe should uh, exist within a family. Fun times, traditions, uh, people fighting each other like siblings, having things and expectations like what chores, chore lists, routines, family visitation, cousins and whatever, whatever come by celebrations at your home. Like that sounds like family, right? Like what does it look like to you? Like what what is family? What is it? And, And it's not always about emphasis again should not be placed on feelings (laughs) (laughs) so as this question was obviously posed there is a desire to have this fluffy you know kind of full heart experience with family and just this ideal and yes that can be tasted and experienced and seen and all that but at the same time (laughs) we were just talking with uh, a couple of our friends and they have one child and they're getting their butts kicked like it's a traditional family there's that there are not the intrusions that exist within the blended family but they're also getting their butt kicked they're tired they're you know experiencing some of the relational frustrations and whatnot like it exists outside of the blended family situation so when you're meditating constantly on man all these things all these things they're just bringing us down they're tearing apart our family guess what again that negative thinking um kind of draws you toward the negative things that exist you know within your home and and your your family so there is no magic answer to it because you are a family and just start acting like it yeah so I think the, the the answer would be, how do you make it feel like family? Uh, you make it family. You make it. <laughs> you make we both it. were shrugging our shoulders <laughs> right now. I know you can't see us. <laughs> <laughs> you just make it family and you hold on to that. 
You, yeah. you pursue that. You hold on to that. You are, believe that. You take up that conviction, and you don't settle for anything less than. Mm-hmm. And and that's how you make it feel like family. There will still be chaos and a little bit of disorder, some frustrations that are outside of your control. Hey, like that's. I don't believe that there is a single family that can say that they're without such things. Yeah. So you believe it's family and then you settle for nothing less absolutely all right we went a little longer than i desired sorry we stayed on some of the questions a little bit longer. these are really good questions these are episodes in and of themselves but thank you so much for listening in guys (laughs) eight questions for eight incredible years with this beautiful woman this handsome man happy and a birthery babe we are going to do a little bit of celebrating. We jumped out of a plane yesterday, so we're we're, we're still chi- we're chilling. <laughs> we're, we're good for a little bit. Um, but again, thank you, Blenders. You guys are appreciated. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. I love you. Love you too. Let's end with a kiss. <laughs> <laughs>